0: startups have a little flaw. They mostly fail. But existing companies already have all of the infrastructure that startups are really trying to build in the first place. So buying a business is often a smarter way to become an entrepreneur. Welcome. I am Camilla Jeffs, a 20-year student of money. I'm an introvert who started out broke and full of fear Fast forward to today, where I've conquered the secrets of getting my financial house in order, become a professional investor, and built a business that supports my family. And I'm going to show you exactly how I did it. We're going to talk about getting in the game as a real investor, building a business to support you, and passing on wealth strategies to the next generation. Think of this as your one-stop shop for all things money. This is the Quiet Wealth Podcast. Are you looking for a way to teach your kids about money that's simple, easy to understand, and gives them the education that you never had? Because we all know schools and the government are not going to teach it. So you need my revolutionary family bank system. It's one I developed and tried out on my five kids, and now many other families are enjoying this step by step system to teach kids saving, investing, giving, budgeting, and how to generate more income themselves. The system is divided into categories starting at age five where they learn age-appropriate concepts and then layers in each concept as they grow. So pick up the family bank system now before it's too late. And fair warning, this system might make your kids millionaires earlier than you. And you might actually learn a thing or two to help yourself. So click on the link in the show notes to get access today. Hey, I'm Camilla. This is part one of our three-part series on how to buy a business as an investment strategy. Now, before your brain starts spinning and telling yourself all the reasons why you can't buy a business, let's humor ourselves and start asking some questions. You need to ask yourself, what kind of business do you want to buy? Or maybe not what kind of business, but maybe what industry? And so to answer this question, sometimes I like to start with, what do you already know or love? So if you're like my friend Jackie, she has a very simple answer. She worked in a pharmacy for another company for 10 years, and she absolutely loves the business, but she got frustrated not controlling her own schedule. So she went out and bought her own independent pharmacy. Now, that's pretty cut and dry. She was already working in the pharma's industry and then buys a new one. But not everyone's situation is so clear. And not everyone wants to stay in the same field. So maybe you dream about your own gym or a med spa or an ice cream shop or a furniture store, auto shop, but maybe you don't feel like you have the experience in these businesses to run them. Now, I do want to caution you about buying a passion or favorite hobby business. While you could do really well, sometimes it gets hard to make tough decisions to make sure you're profitable. My friend, buying a business should make you money. It gives you time freedom, and it gives you a sense of confidence and pride in yourself. So I don't want you to write off something like a garbage collection business, for example. I know you're not going to be passionate about collecting garbage, but it's an incredibly profitable business with a steady, secure stream of cash flow. So just keep an open mind when you're looking for a business to buy. So here are some guidelines that I want you to use. So number one, pick a good industry. It's possible to buy a well run business that's in a dying industry, like VHS tapes, for example. (laughs) Only collectors are really buying those now. Another is photo labs. I mean, not many people are printing pictures like we were in the 90s before digital cameras were the norm. Although it was super fun to see what pictures you got and figure out that half of them were awful. So, (laughs) what is a good industry I know a lot of people are attracted to retail like jewelry or clothing or vacuums but retail is actually a terrible to buy because as a small business owner you have to compete against the huge retailers like Walmart that carry the exact same products you do you have shirts Walmart has shirts and Walmart can offer their goods for a lot lower cost because they get a discount on volume from the manufacturer. So in retail, you're really competing on price. And most consumers will just simply buy from the store with the cheapest price. Now let's talk about the service industry. This is things like nails, hair, auto repair, things like that. That's a lot more difficult for consumers to compare in pricing. And they don't necessarily choose the cheaper option by default, So it's possible to charge premium prices by offering excellent customer service. So here's an example. You could go to Supercuts and get a haircut for $20, or you could go to a high-end salon and get a haircut for $300. Now the $300 people swear it's better than a $20 haircut. Is it? I don't know. So what about things like manufacturing, distribution, technology? Now, these can be very attractive to buy, but they're generally larger in size and more difficult to purchase. And also, some of these will require really specialized knowledge to run them. So, for example, if you want to buy a software company, but the owner is the main programmer and maybe you don't have programming experience, that business is going to fail. But if the owner is one who just runs it and has a staff who does all the programming, that's much better. What about restaurants? The food industry, right? We're all foodies. We love to eat. Again, it's highly popular, but I would steer clear because most of these businesses suffer financially. It's highly competitive and something you probably don't think about, it's very susceptible to employee theft. I mean, your employees are going to steal your money. Personally, I like boring businesses, the kind everyone needs, like landscaping, HVAC, plumbing, electrical, home remodeling, pet care, laundromats, vending machines, car washes, health care, bookkeeping, tax firms. All of these businesses are recession-proof because everyone needs them. If your sink breaks, you're going to call a plumber to fix it, regardless of what the economy is doing, right? And finally, there are niche businesses. Now, these are fun and super interesting. And they're also not businesses everyone thinks of. An example of that is a laundry service that specializes in washing cloth baby diapers. Now, my mom used cloth diapers growing up. And as the oldest daughter of 10 kids, I had the special privilege of washing them out in the toilet. Now, if you just gagged a little, don't worry, I did too. So instead of doing it yourself, a laundry service will take that burden off of you. So they come to your house, they pick up the dirty diapers, they take them off site, wash them, fold them nicely, and then deliver them back to you all clean. And I think because of my experience washing them out, I turned into a die-hard disposable diaper mom for my five kids. But I know there are millions of mamas out there that want cloth diapers and think that they are better. Think about the pet industry. You could buy a business that specializes in a specific type of cat breed or buy a pet sitting business. What about home security? Could you buy a business that deters porch pirates from stealing packages? I need a business like that because that is super annoying. Here's one for you. I know a woman who has a crime scene cleanup business. Yes, she cleans up dead bodies and also Hoarder houses. Her name is Lara Spalding, and she was making $42,000 a year as a police officer and was kind of grumpy about it. And then she realized that there was a need for cleanup of the crime scenes because the government doesn't do it. And now she has a business that pulls in $12 million a year in revenue. You have to check out her YouTube channel. It's called Crime Scene Cleaning, and that's an internet rabbit hole for you. <laughs> just make sure you can handle it. So once you've narrowed down your industry of choice, how do you actually find a business to buy? Well, you could start online with a marketplace like bizbuysell.com. And on this website, you can filter by industry, listing type, price range, and all sorts of things. And then you can start to get a feel for what is out there. I think this is a really good place to start. Keep in mind, though, that the businesses listed here are a fraction of what you can actually find to buy and may not be the best pricing or the best business for you, but it's a good place to start. Other methods are connecting with a business broker. So what's a business broker? Well, there's someone very similar to a real estate agent, right? A business broker identifies sellers who wants to sell their business and helps them figure out how much to list it for, and then they go out and find a buyer for the business. So a good business broker will not only notify you of opportunities that they know coming up, they're also going to guide you every step of the way. And then finally, don't underestimate the power of simply talking about what you would like to do. I was meeting a general contractor at the home I'm renovating, and he was lamenting about how tired he was, and he just wants to retire, and there's just so much to do. And I just kind of mentioned to him that I'm looking for construction-related businesses. And he just stopped dead in his tracks, paused for a minute, and looked at me and said, you know, that's not a half bad idea. He had never considered selling. So sometimes you can find sellers out there that don't even know they can sell their business. Another approach would be to ask your current boss if they want to sell. That might result in something. You could go out and attend networking events in the industry that you're considering and then just keep spreading the word that you're looking to buy a business. So I found my business by doing just that. I was networking with others. I was telling them I wanted to buy a business and then somebody introduced me to a business broker. Then I used the business broker to purchase my first business. Now for the next one, I think I'm just going to go out and start asking owners if they want to sell so I can negotiate a seller financing situation instead of having to come up with money myself and get a loan. I just want to tell you, that's part one. It's not easy being a business owner and the economy is absolutely wacky right now. In the good old days, you could put money in the bank and it grew. Now you put money in the bank and you lose it due to inflation. In the good old days, you had one job for life. Today, corporate layoffs happen in a flash and you can't count on lifelong employment anymore. In the good old days, Social security would take care of you when you retire, and now social security is going bankrupt. And to compound the problem, technology is changing our world faster than ever. I mean, 15 years ago, hardly anyone had a smartphone, and today, more people use smartphones than an actual desktop. The reality is that the world today is drastically different from the world 10 years ago. And the world 10 years from now will be drastically different too. So in order for you to survive and thrive in the future, you have to become flexible. And one of the things that I like to talk about is developing multiple sources of income rather than just one source. So in this whole business buying world, we're not looking at this as just trying to buy one business and spending all of your time running it. The investment strategy here is to learn to own multiple businesses and then hire other people to run them for you. So you don't have to be the one running the business. Now, it is absolutely possible for you to own a successful business, one that gives you the income you want, the free time that you're craving, and the meaning that feeds your soul. And you don't have to come from a privileged family or have a college education. You can simply start with one business, you build it, and then you buy another. So I want you to stay tuned for part two, where we dive into how to analyze a business to make sure you're buying one that will be profitable. Until then, bye for now. I want to give a quick shout out to my podcast manager, Abby. If you're in need of help in launching and managing your own show, please reach out to her at productions at com. I'll put her details in the show notes. She really is the best and I love her. Thanks so much for joining me on the Quiet Wealth Podcast. If you want more, head on over to camillajeffs.com forward slash podcast to get the show notes and dive into other episodes while you're there, be sure to grab the free guide to building wealth. And if you know a friend who is struggling with money, please send this episode to them. Let's share the wealth in as many ways as we can. Until next time, much success.